Third and ten for that territory, of course. Brandy pressure. Escapes. And throws on the run. He's intercepted. Gardner Johnson cuts underneath. They turned Brady over twice. Eight interceptions in these regular season matchups the last two years with the Saints. And the New Orleans Saints are knocking on the door of a headline-grabbing win in Tampa against the Jacks. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. Hi and hello and happy holidays, sports fans. Welcome to Minus 3. If you like parody... Christmas came early for you in Pro Football 2021. Nothing makes any sense. We should know things a little bit more clearly than we do at this point. But Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got shut out on Sunday night football. I don't know what to make of any of this stuff. The Detroit Lions didn't just beat the best team in football from two weeks ago. They hammered them. We'll try and make sense with it, uh, of all of it for you, with the team that now looks like they're going to be the number one seed in the AFC, their biggest fan, former uh, Kansas City Chief himself and former Shecky Award winner for our favorite football playing guest. Jeff Schwartz is coming up in just a second there. In the meantime, Eddie Spaghetti has flown across Football America. He is now sitting in his Staten Island home with the rest of the pasta clan. Eddie Spaghetti, how are you? Very quickly before we get to Jeff Schwartz and a quick review of what we saw this weekend. And I guess it's kind of a gift. I don't, you know, I don't want to say it's a gift from COVID because that sounds weird, but for what it's worth, we do have football, football, and more football as a result of COVID to wrap up week 15 here. But we kind of kicked things off watching that Colts and Patriots game while we were in SoFi Stadium for the inaugural Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. It was a gay time. Great thanks to uh, Cousin Sal and to Toby and the whole gang at Extra Points. Uh, a good a, a good time, right? We, you, you had a wonderful time, uh, you and Jada there? Unbelievable time. I mean, we have such a great group. And like you said, yeah, uh, I totally agree. Uh, thanks again to Sal, Toby, and Joel uh, had a big hand in helping set the thing up, and obviously to to Kimmel and his staff for putting on the ball. And there's a lot of fun stuff there. But food was awesome. Uh, the game, I did not bet it the correct way, but it was fun to watch, and it was also fun to see the Patriots Colts game on the TV. But just hang out with our group, like we really are lucky. We have the, the best group around, so that was a, a heck of a time in the suite there. Well, you didn't need luck if you listened to Damashek, who told you that the Colts would do what they did to Mac Jones. And, you know, Carson Wentz, no great shakes himself, but Jonathan Taylor, I don't know if you would call that long-term expose something about the Patriots' defense, but obviously this is not a world-beater team. Things are changing fast in pro football, and the Kansas City Chiefs now loom as... What I gather is, according to, well, certainly according to FanDuel and beyond, the prohibitive favorite now to get to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. But these things do change week to week. We keep seeing it happen. I don't know how much more evidence anyone needs. Obviously, we're all a part of this. I think you just need to be thankful if you have reached 
this Christmas week and your team is still in the mix because they're only the most embarrassing thing is to get the coal in your stocking. And that's what Eddie Spaghetti got as a Giants fan this year. He's one of the few team or supporter of one of the few teams that is not still in the mix. They're trying to enjoy it. Everybody try to be jolly. Try not to complain so much about the, the state of your football team. Um, but yes, it was a it was a splendid time. Spaghetti quick review of the Kimmel signature sandwich, that roast beef thing with the with the pepper and all of that i i went into the game thinking like i can get a hot dog or a cheeseburger anywhere so i want to get something special and specific to the game and obviously jimmy talked about it on ep with us uh the day before the game and i think uh, it made some news because he paired up with uh, john and Vinny. which if you're in la please go to john and Vinny or any of their restaurants awesome stuff there so yeah this the sa- uh the sandwich the roast beef and the the, the provolone mm-hmm. the peppers uh i had one to begin with and i was like this is great then um jade and my girlfriend was having some and and then she like didn't finish it and i was like kind of have the rest of that so then like all right so i have one and a half sandwiches and then around halftime like i want to have another one so now i'm up to two and a half and then before we left uh i was like well i don't want to eat dinner later so i might as well just take one more so i ended the day with three and a half jimmy kimmel sandwiches at the jimmy kimmel la bowl and they were uh splendid well i i was kind of uh I, fe- I felt a little foolish because I ate one and really enjoyed it. And right as I wrapped up the sandwich, as I finished up the sandwich, Sal came up to me. He's like, oh, don't eat that. It's cold now. It's not going to it's not going to be good anymore. And I said, I, oh, I just loved it. I enjoyed it. So I can't imagine how much better it could have been. Also, yeah, it was a good time. We had a, a suite there perched on high, felt special watching this game. And Hushman Zada was in there rooting for Oregon State with his kids. And he is uh, a I mean, he's a legit fan, really was very upset in the early going there and then once the game got off the rails he uh he kind of turned away from it a little bit but it was fun to ask him it's fun when you can ask any person this are you the greatest player in your school's history and he answered it honestly i said hoosh are you the greatest oregon state beaver in the history of the program based on deeds at the school and then beyond you know in terms of pro football career and Ocho Cinco, of course, is in that conversation. But he answered it uh, sincerely. He said Stephen Jackson or maybe Ken Simonson. I think that was a, wasn't that guy. That was not the guy's name. Anyway, that was a fun conversation, a great time to be had there. And then, of course, like we say, a good uh, football week. If you bet with Damashek at FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three, you're in the winner circle today. I uh, I went eight and three on the Saturday and Sunday games, and uh, I'm chasing Harry hard and fast here, coming down the stretch. I think I have now jumped Sal in the NFL pick and play along with us. You can do it week to week. There are prizes to be had week to week. You're not going to catch up, obviously, at this point for the season thing, but get in there in time for um, for this coming weekend of football action um and uh, play against us in the nfl pick them and otherwise lots of good stuff there extrapoints.com and find the arcade tab is how you do that spaghetti quick thoughts anything that you as you traveled across um uh, the country there that jumped out at you once again the cowboys took care of business against the your your sad giants but so as a, about as forgettable a win even though it was a significant one or or, or the Ravens now actually going to have a QB controversy. I, my inclination is to say no, settle down everybody. But Huntley almost did to the credit of Harbaugh and beyond really did almost beat the Packers when the Packers were up on them a couple of touchdowns. I figured, well, that's, that's that. 
um, as a uh, as an AFC North advocate or follower of the Pittsburgh Steelers, hoping to see the Ravens and Bengals and Browns lose every week. Um, credit to the Ravens that they almost pulled that one out, um, ran out of gas. What's your big takeaway of the weekend? Yeah, I mean, a few things that stick out. Uh, the, the Cowboys win was kind of unimpressive. I thought they were really going to put the beat down. I thought that MetLife was going to be bombarded with uh, Cowboys fans uh, and and the whole disaster with the the, the one medium drink to the the team the season ticket holder and the Giants giving up and Mike Glennon just miserable. And it was closer than it probably should have been. I, although I did pick the right side, obviously picking the Cowboys laying the points there. So that was uh, strange, maybe not feeling as confident uh, in the Cowboys as I usually uh, have in the past few weeks, but the Giants defense to their credit also, especially with the offense getting like zero, uh, they have been okay. Uh, another big thing you mentioned like Tyler Huntley, like I, I, he's, he was fun to watch in college at Utah. And I'm not like, I know I joked with you and hench texting saying, is there a quarterback controversy? Cause Lamar has been kind of iffy as of late. Oh, I think, good. I think there are people who are saying it on, ironically though uh, i mean if you're saying that's that's ridiculous but uh but what i would say especially if you're a team like my giants or other other uh franchise with kind of question marks to quarterback i mean if they're going to commit to lamar is it's worth floating a pick or two at the ravens just saying like hey let's get this guy in our roster and see what he could do because he he looked as good as can be and there's so much pressure to in the ravens i feel like the ravens week in week out are always in games that people have their eyes on and obviously this game this week uh versus aaron Rodgers and the packers was the uh the fox you know prime time game so uh he performed really well in, in, in big spots but the packers still outlasted them which makes me believe in the packers a lot because they they seem like a team that can always rise above whatever they need to to get the the win and also with the Bucks loss, the weird nine nothing like Tom Brady not scoring. But I know they had so many injuries: Fournette going down, Godwin going down, Evans going down. Uh, but they are. It seems like they're going to get Antonio Brown back. Look, the Saints just have their number. There's some teams that deals with it. Even when the Patriots are really good, the Patriots like always lost again. That's your through line. That so, what I I pointed it at that for you about six weeks ago. And in this impossible to figure out. NFL season, maybe that's the thing to kind of ride. I'll tell you early on, um, Huntley or Lamar Jackson or otherwise, I, I you know I've been saying this, Spaghetti. I'm a broken record on it. I really like the Bengals. I like them to take care of business, and I think they whip the Ravens. I say bet them um, if you're if you're an early bird like our pal Marty Weiss, who likes to make his bets earlier rather than later. Obviously, we've seen the pitfall, pitfalls of doing that with COVID. That can shake up the way um, the way things look. But um, yeah, I really in terms of matchup makes the fight. I think that the Bengals will prove to have the the Ravens number and they're going to hammer them. I think that I think there was a vibe too in the way the week to week nature and like it's so nip and tuck just in the AFC North that the Ravens can rightly feel like we're 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 in this and we you know we beat Pittsburgh in week 18 and we got to take care of the Bengals and if we do that we're going to win it but I also felt like it was a the, the last gasp in a way for that team that they almost took care of that because they had to almost assume that was going to be a loss going into it. And then they had it and they threw everything into it. And I admire Harbaugh for going for two because I think that's the right move if you are the Ravens in that spot. And like I always say, just as if you're sitting at the 21 table, either hit on 16 every time or never don't do the back and forth and like i'm gonna do it based on feel do one or the other and let's stop clouding up my my social media timeline with a debate about math i don't want to hear about what the numbers say anymore be a coach who either got goes for it in that situation always or never and and uh and let's leave the rest of it alone right and, and but so anyway yes i'm sorry i got sidetracked with my with my typical monologue on that 
I think that um, in week 16, I'm looking for the number here real quick. I want to find the. Uh, I do. The, I do like that analogy, the, the the blackjack analogy. And I will say one last thing, too, about this. Uh, the Bucks loss. And obviously, the storyline is like, oh, Brady shut out this, that and the other thing. But. Uh, give credit. It's maybe it's a weird comment by me, but give credit to the defense, the the Buccaneers defense holding the the Saints. I know they're not the highest scoring offense and Taysom Hill's quarterback, but still nine points. I feel like they barely move the ball. Like the the Bucks defense is good. They're missing three key weapons on offense, and the Saints have had Brady's number this year and last year. Uh, Dennis Allen does a good job versus him. It's like there's sometimes teams do well versus Brady. This is not Brady falling off a cliff. So like I'm not totally jumping ship from the Bucks just yet, but like I did say before, the Pack win uh, has been pretty impressive. And I did say last week too, I love their, you know, two headed running attack. Rogers seems to have a chip on his shoulder, like as always, but uh, I'm, I'm still pretty high on the, on the bucks. I thought the, the defense showed me a lot. I mean, where we started, that's the other thing I counseled, uh, you know, in the week to week league and chapter by chapter, just maybe what you thought in August, maybe stand by that. And what we all thought in August was the NFC West was the what was a quartet of juggernauts and the Seahawks have not been that and the cards haven't been great the last couple of weeks but obviously look at their record and they're going into the playoffs and everything else I think don't go to sleep on the NFC side on the Rams and Niners that would be that would be my caution to everybody there Um, on the other side it looks almost certain now the way the schedule breaks that the Chiefs are going to be the number one seed that the the math kind of is in their favor Pittsburgh kind of needs to do the rest of the conference a favor and go in there and beat them and then the other big takeaway for me is I know it was a knuckleball of a game I know it was against Drew Locke for the majority of the second half there but beware those Bengals they are the class of the AFC North and they are undervalued right now at minus two and a half at home against the Ravens they destroyed the Ravens with Lamar Jackson last month um, I see no reason why that's not going to happen again here. Uh, again, if you buy that they stylistically um, are, are, are a good matchup against Baltimore and also go over the 44 and a half. I, I think this is the bet of the week. Now, COVID can shake that up. And if you're spooked by it, I get it. But otherwise, bet along with me at uh, at FanDuel.com slash minus three. I really like the bungles over the birdies here in queen city this coming week um and let's we still have some stuff to wrap up here though in week 15 so let's do that before we get to short shall we eddie spaghetti and oh that reminds me splendid i didn't love that bit on uh on curb your enthusiasm on sunday night did you get a chance to see it the splendid the uh oh the one that no i did not watch the absolute newest one yet i'm still one behind because of travel all right, I don't want to spoil it for you, um, but uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was good. There were there were some funny things in it. Um, not uh, not my favorite. It was a little uh, sticky, but anyway, let's. Uh, the splendid was a little sticky for Damashek, but let's talk about the the NFL playoffs. We keep talking about it. They're almost here. FanDuel making it even juicier for you, giving you a ten dollar bonus when you place a twenty dollar bet in same game parlays. Let's do it with Monday Night Football, shall we? Vikings at Bears. I already told you on extra points. If you were listening to Marty Weiss, Sal, and myself, Kibitz, the other day, they uh, the Bears are my pup of the week. They are going to win straight up on the money line. So we got one leg right there already for you. I know Dalvin Cook torched the Steelers 
Steelers, but he still has a bum shoulder there. And in what figures to be a chilly evening and everything else, I think that uh, Dalvin Cook, it will sting all the more if he gets hit on that shoulder. And I know, you, uh, you know, at my own peril, I go against the Vikings pretty consistently here. Anything you like from the same game parlay that we can work in here on uh, on mini in Chicago here? Uh, in this game, I mean, I think there's probably a better chance that like the the running games that both running backs will score in this and either side, I think it's going to be a run heavy game uh, for both. So, I mean, I would probably throw some money down on that. Uh, you know, also I, I like maybe because of, I have him in a few fantasy leagues, but, uh, Conklin too, to score, uh, Kirk Cousins, a little blanket in the red zone there. But then also you're going to say a pass catcher on the Vikings you probably can't go wrong with Justin Jefferson who's arguably the best receiver in the league. So those are what I like, but I probably, if I had a bet, I would stick with the running backs on either side for a touchdown. All right, there you have it. Um, so running back touchdowns on both sides. I, if you want to play a conservative, that's, uh, that's your right as a, uh, as a gambler. Just take the Bears with uh, with the points. I think that uh, that that's a good bet. But if you want to not just survive and you want to live this Christmas week, go ahead bet the bet the Bears on the money line. I think they're going to emerge victorious there. They've they've been close. They're they're not an abject junk team among the teams that are definitely not going to the playoffs. I think the Bears have had some some signs of optimism that unlike the Jags is a, for instance, the wheels haven't completely come off, even though it feels almost certain that Nagy's gone at season's end. They've kind of held together. They've been semi-competitive. And so I like them in this spot against uh, the division rival there. All right. Now um, we are building off of the Steelers victory in my world here. Happy for everybody on the banks of the three rivers that, this is football season, everybody. Don't you see that this is the gift of football that they that it kind of obscures the start of school, the end of summer. That's the first gift football gives us every uh, every autumn. Is that it? Kind of like it gives us a nice distraction so that we're not so sad and depressed about school starting back up. Or like I say, now the weather's getting chilly outside. All right, but it, but football's with it. And every, you know, Thanksgiving, we have a whole holiday built around football games, mediocre to terrible football games, but football games nevertheless. And the playoffs are the greatest gift of all because, of course, the holidays are over and now you're into January and it's minus seven degrees outside. And what in hell are you supposed to do to fight off any depression? Watch football. That's the answer um, there. And to Steelers fans and otherwise who just, don't stop with the complaining and the cynicism. You reach Christmas in a, with a team that people decreed experts and otherwise local and national said this team had no chance with its washed up quarterback. And here they are, seven, six, and one with a fighting chance. And I say that as a Steelers fan, as a message that goes almost globally. I'm sorry, Eddie Spaghetti and the Jets fans, too. You guys can commiserate in Staten Island or in the five boroughs over the holidays. But most pro football teams' fan bases are at least in the mix right now. I hate parody, but this is a nice gift that we get to gather around with family and friends in this coming week, and your team's still relevant. That's a, that, that's a nice thing. Just imagine. It could be worse. You could be a Jags fan, or you could not watch sports. Then what the hell do you do with your life? I have no idea. Um, but, uh, but listen, enjoy the holiday season, and as we jump into where we're going to be after Christmas, in between the 25th and the 1st, a gigantic week 16. Let's get into it with Jeff Schwartz. Real quick, 
a break. All right, let's get right to it. He's, of course, a Hall of Famer in our book here on Minus Three, one of the original members, of course, of this podcast, and now continuing to spin away on Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you and doing great work in all things football and beyond gambling, all that stuff on Fox Sports. It's our old pal, Jeff Schwartz. Merry Christmas, Jewish fella. Thank you. Same to you guys. It is when everyone says like Merry Christmas to me, I always like, I'm like, oh, uh, uh, you, know, you Merry Christmas to you. Cause I just never said that in my life. Cause I just always about, you know, Hanukkah. No, we're saying things. it again. And we're saying it again. Oh, it's, though. oh, it's, oh, the, oh, the, the Back. woke mob didn't, uh, didn't take it away from us. No, um, indeed. <laughs> I know this is not the, the podcast for that, but as a Jewish person, I have never felt once in my entire life that Christmas was taken away from anybody. It is shoved out our faces every single year. This whole idea that Christmas is being, you know, is being taken by the taken away by the woke mob, Dave, never understood it at all. Well, I will say, I'll provide a little bit of pushback for you here. As a Jewish kid, the only Jewish kid in uh, in third grade, I do remember music class annually around this time when they do like seasonally appropriate songs that, uh, you know, we do this Christmas carol, then that Christmas carol, even the silent night made me a little uncomfortable. I didn't know where I sat, you know, as a, you know, w- w- with uh, with the afterlife and, and religion and all that. So I was uncomfortable with like, Christ the Savior is born. Oh, is he? But he's not my savior. So I, so I would, I would very quiet. I just wouldn't sing that line just for myself. Like I, like I don't know if this is inappropriate for I mean, Dave the Jew to be singing "Christ the Savior is Born." We did the so Lord's prayer in the locker room before and after games. I mean, I just oh, you would participate? No, I just no, I wouldn't say. I just would take a knee and out of respect for everyone else. It'd be weird if he was the only person standing. So I just take a well, knee. Well, that and I would just I didn't say I didn't say the Lord's prayer, but I would just take a knee. I like to be nice and respectful. Wonder if that counts as being sacrilegious. I don't know to Jewish people, but then everyone everyone's they, taking a knee except me. I, I feel like that would stand out more than just me quietly taking a knee and not do anything. That's true. You know <laughs> what? Right. It's a catch twenty two. Yeah. The uh, the um, but then the music teacher, like we would do all the Christmas carols and everything, and and they'd be jolly for the most part, like and then she would go like, okay, everybody. Now it's time to do a song for David. And the whole class would go like, ah, it was the worst. Talk about being a, talk about being objectified. Uh, Nobody wanted this. And it wasn't even the dreidel song, which is jaunty. Like the, like dreidel, dreidel. That was a a nice song. It was that one like Hanukkah, Hanukkah, come Come light light the menorah. And the bridge to that song is super bummer. Like it's like, and while we... Are playing the candles are burning low. One for each night they shed a sweet light to remind us of days long ago. Um, No, I I mean all Jewish holidays are about death and destruction. Like they're nothing's fun. They're not fun. That's why we have a Christmas tree because Christmas is way more fun than any Jewish holiday. Passover, right? You you have to repent for your sins on Yom Kippur. And mm-hmm. Hanukkah, like right? the three most important holidays. Rosh Hashanah is up there as so just a new year. But like that's the one you eat apples and honey. Like, oh, new year. Yay. Rejoice. The other one's all about atone for your sins. And we survive death and destruction. Yeah. As, uh, as a non-theologian, I'll nevertheless weigh in and support what you're saying. I think that in, in broad strokes, 
Jews are like, it's the inverted way Christians do their holidays. Christians are always like, repent, you know, like uh, repent for your sins most of the year. But there's like holiday time, have fun. <laughs> and the Jews are all like, celebrate life, except when it's a holiday. <laughs> then think about dead people and think about how you went wrong this year and make and try to make up for that. And also we'll sprinkle in some apples and honey for you. All right, listen, let's kibitz here very quickly. Yes. I appreciate you joining us here. It occurred to me on Monday morning, my head's all fuzzy because not just because of holiday break, but because there are football games pretty much every day of the week now yes. because of COVID in a weird way. I don't want to call it a gift, but COVID did kind of give football fans uh, an imperfect gift here because we have football, multiple football games on a Tuesday and otherwise. But I'm looking ahead to um, to week 16 in pro football. And let's let's go there first, because you and I um, obviously have our rooting interest there. You root for the Chiefs. I root for the Steelers, the Chiefs. All of a sudden, not just winning games, but actually covering games, laying 10 to the visiting Steelers. <laughs> Broad strokes. I saw you on Sunday talking about, man, watching the Steelers offense. It's, it's painful. It's That's what <sighs> it is. What do you think? Just start at the end of the of the story here of this of this chapter book. Do you think that the Steelers have any shot? of keeping it in single digits here. It's hard to count them out because they play well as underdogs, right? Like that's what Tallman is always now. They weren't underdogs by the kickoff of this game against the Titans, but they just play well in these backed up against the wall moments. And they just do enough of grinding out stuff on defense to be able to keep games close. The problem is obviously if you can't force turnovers against Kansas city, I don't know how they're going to, they're going to keep up, but they forced against Tennessee and, and the chiefs at times, have been prone to turnovers this season. So uh, 10 and a half is a lot of points, dude. That's a lot in the NFL for a team that's, you know, they're they're Are they making the playoffs? Do you think Pittsburgh? What, what do you think? Are they going to get there? No, my, my, my pick has been for the last month, the Bengals survive the, it's the mediocrity. It's not the punchline. I know every year. Well, I think the, the Browns in the North. We'll, we'll see. Do you? Well, I mean, they're at just the time better of this than, recording. They're better than Bengals. But the quarterback situation, obviously in Cleveland is worse than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's playing well. That's exactly right. Yeah. In a tightly fought division, it's mediocre. It's not garbage as people would would, would prefer it to be. No. It's not the NFC East of last year, but there's no <laughs> there's no juggernaut team in uh, in that division. And who's the best? Who, which team has the best quarterback? Burrow is is clear cut in my yeah. book. The the best quarterback there. Um, but um, we'll, we'll dip back into that game, perhaps. But I do want to pick up on something you also said on Sunday because we were talking about on extra points on Friday. I think the Thursday night game, we can get caught up in the Bills and the Patriots yeah. and who's going to win that division. And I do kind of think, as a matter of fact, that the that the Bengals, if they do get into the mix, are kind of a scary matchup for just about anybody. And in fact, we'll see that in week 17. I, I told you that two months ago and you laughed, you mocked me. But that Chiefs at Bengals game is intriguing. And I, 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 I think it may, the way this thing's going to break, just as the Chargers play the Chiefs tough all the time, I think that what we're going to see is the Bengals are going to hammer the Ravens. I think they just, I think they match up well with them. I think what we, I think what we saw in Baltimore a month ago is going to be repeated in the Queen City on Sunday. How say you to that? Well, the thing about it is Cincinnati's efficiency numbers are not very good for a team that is supposed to be division winner. Like they're, and that that kind of worries me. They they've won. 
games sort of like uh, like the game Sunday. Like, what was that? 15 to 10? Was that the final score, right? It was like, yeah. Oh, all right, cool. You beat a team with a backup quarterback, 15 to 10. That's a win. A win is a win. They just, they just are not my, my thing with the Bengals all year has been they're not ready for the prime time yet. Like it's it's clear they have some pieces in place. Burrow, Mixon, Hendrickson's playing well, Chase, right? But they just don't have enough in the offensive line and they make too many mistakes. And like they're just not they're not ready to take that jump to being a good enough team to to you know challenge the Chiefs in, in the AFC or win a home playoff game. I just I don't quite buy them, but the but the North is the Ravens are too beat up. Like you can't, they're out. They're done. They're, they're too beat up. And I, I give Harbaugh credit. Huntley's now three and covering games this year, which is incredible. He's doing a good job, but they're, they're too beat up to continue to do this. Obviously the last two games, they could be have 10 wins if they had gone to overtime and saw what happened. Um, or they, you know, they convert both those and they're there. They have 10 wins. So I'm not worried about the Bengals in the playoffs. I, they, they don't, they don't, don't worry me. I think while where the Ravens are concerned, you know, that that's one of the emerging storylines is like, what should the Ravens do? And of course, you got to keep Lamar Jackson. Of course, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not moving off of that. But it is it is interesting to see Huntley go in there and basically deliver a, a, a similar performance at least to what you would get out of Lamar Jackson. You have to keep him, obviously. But, yeah, I agree with you about uh, the, the Ravens being cooked pretty much. So I think it comes down to a battle of Ohio. Um, Bengals and Browns are hooking up in week 18. Actually, I think that's what's going to settle all hash. Unless Pittsburgh can pull off a miracle here. I I, I mean, I suppose if they won at Baltimore and then if they beat the Browns in week 17 and then went to Baltimore and beat them and then the Browns beat the Bengals in week 18, there would be some very uh, Mm -hmm. slender path for Pittsburgh there. But um, it's... All a bunch of, as I say to everybody, only one team's going to be happy. Only one fan base. Only one team's going to get the Lombardi. So getting the division title um, in the North would would be juicy stuff. But I think that the two best teams in the AFC are the ones we saw on Thursday Night Football. Do you agree with that? Or are the I Bills do. or Patriots no, still I, a factor there? I, I, no, I, I do. Um, if you look around the rest of the AFC um, – Everyone's gonna say the Colts. They're they're the hot team. All right, yeah. Um, they just had a quarterback that threw for fifty-seven yards and had five completions. Right. And you won a game. Like, congratulations on that. I mean, like, like the amount of people that that root for Carson wants to be great is mind blowing for how good he is. He's not good. He's not a good quarterback. Um, so I don't buy the Colts as being a, a contender in the AFC. Buffalo. If their offense just plays like we expected, they they could be, Dave. But the problem is it's not. Their offensive line is not protecting Allen. They can't run the football as well. And Allen's not as efficient this season. He's not been the same quarterback. <clears throat> they worry me. Now, defensively, they're really good, but they've played sort of nobody. And then when they play good quarterbacks, they just don't play as well. I mean, that's kind of how most defenses are, honestly, the NFL. Um, and you look at the AFC North. We just talked about it. None, none of those teams really scare you. Then you go to the AFC West, right? Kansas City's 10 and 4. They're playing good football. Defensively, they're playing really good right now. And the Chargers. And look, the Chargers are um <clears throat> Herbert's fantastic. Their defense, if Jerwin, if Derwin James is healthy, is much different. Obviously, we saw again when he was left the game, they changed on Thursday night. Warner's good. And they're so close, Dave, because here's a difference, in my opinion, 
it just the difference between the Chiefs and Chargers right now. This is how close it is, okay? The Chargers had the ball with one ten left in the fourth quarter, right? Two timeouts, needing 40 yards for a game-winning field goal. They went backwards. The Chiefs had three 75-yard touchdown drives to win the game in a row. That's a difference, right? One team kind of can finish those games right now. They've been there before. They've done it. There's no panic. The other team, it's not just, just not it's that margin, right? Just not there quite yet are the Chargers. And maybe this game helps them get there. But that's the one thing that I think that sets, obviously, we saw in the game. It's what set them apart. But that's that's what sets them apart. And I know I, I am I do not care what coaches do. Go for it. Don't go for it. I, I'm so over the conversation. Who cares? Oh, my it's, God. I really – it's, it's, it's not Brandon that Staley's, who cares. It, it's just like – I. it's Brandon Staley's job. If he if he loses because of it, so that's his fault. He takes the blunt for it. No one else does. Who cares? I, the, you play You play cards. You play you, you play casino games. The, the thing is with it is let's just settle on this, and then we can stop turning football into a math equation for everybody to debate endlessly. The simple, the, the, the math is this. Are you, when you go to Vegas, I always say, when you sit down at the 21 table at the start of the weekend, you're, it, it, a lot of people, it's a cardinal rule, you always have to hit on 16. Right. Some people are like, I never hit on, whichever one it is, just do that forever. Right. I, then, then like if you're Brandon Staley or you're John Harbaugh, and you're like, well, we go for it in this situation. Then just go for it. Then we don't have to worry about it anymore. And and, and if you want to be does. a conservative, that's it. That, that can we please stop ruining sports by this <laughs> endless co- this rolling conversation about uh, about what the number says? But that's why who Brandon Staley wants the team to be. I think it's the right way to go, and and leave it at that. But I do think. Man, the Chargers were that close, and I and I've been hammering that one real big, as you know, since summertime. That I think the Chargers are. I think going you were to the you were Super close. Bowl. You were you were closer than I thought you would you would be to that. Well, they they would win the division if they if they survive that game. So right, as far yeah. as that, if, yeah. if they survive that game in SoFi, the the way the schedule set up, they oh, yeah. likely win the You're West, right. yeah. and they have a real shot at the number one seed. Oh, yeah. in the conference, I think that. It, it, in a fun way to kind of think about it is it, in the final four terms, if there's one team that would be like, wow, I can't believe kind of like a couple of years ago when it was the Titans, it was yeah. kind of like, wow, how did they knuckleball their way through here? And now they're playing an arrowhead for the Jacksonville for, in 2017. And you're like, oh. right like that. Who's that team on either side of things? To me, uh, it is the Bengals. It's the Niners in the West in the AF in the NFC, probably. Right. That's a good call. That's you're good like, call, right? Oh, they're here. Okay. Um, Weirdly enough, the Cowboys might have the one seed when this is all said and done in the NFC. Have you noticed the way that, it's shaking noticed out, that it's right? Kind of a weird. They're not that good. I don't. I don't are they good? I, I don't know. They're okay, I guess. Eddie, did you get your free medium drink this weekend? <laughs> I mean, what a joke. I mean, it's so it's so bad. It is. So, and, they should have they should have taken the drinks and trying to throw them with John Mara's box. And, and it wasn't even it was just one drink for the whoever the, the who owns the tickets. Right. It wasn't like for the family of four. It right. It's one, one total one. drink. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I hate that team. Yeah, right. Who's the credit card? Who's the credit card holder of the uh, yeah. of this family of six tickets? Like only one pass oh. the Coke. I love the idea of the generations passing it down the row. One sip. No, 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 no. Too much, too much, Uncle Phil. Keep pat. That's a don't don't drink it all. Aunt Roberta still needs her sip. Yeah, it's a terrible. Yeah, so what an embarrassing it's, it's thing. It's probably it's probably. Oh man, it's uh, it's the Niners probably in the NFC. 
And the AFC, I mean, I guess it could be the Bengals. They have to win, what, a home game, probably in the road game, and then play in the AFC Championship game? Like, that's probably... I predict Steelers fans and otherwise look back and wring their hands about what happened in Denver because Cortland Sutton dropped a touchdown pass yeah. in the first half when Teddy B was still in there. I mean, it's a, a 15-10 final score. If the Bengals lose that, now it's real interesting. Yeah. Now it's real juicy for all four of those uh, mediocre teams I mean, would you be, in, that, in that division. If New England was there, would you be surprised? I mean, I... If it was like a New England, Kansas City, I don't. I, I mean, New England with the way they played this past weekend, would you be surprised if they won two playoff games? Well, no, and and that's uh, the other question I have for you is: Has there? A, 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 am I a prisoner of the moment? Because I always point to, and this is informed by you and other pro football players of the 21st century who always repeatedly hammer like the games tick up a notch in January, but they also tick up a notch around Thanksgiving. Yes. And all of a sudden it settles in like we're living and dying in week four results, but players are always of the mind like, ah, listen, it will be as long as we're not yes. one in, as long as we're not one in nine or whatever, we're, we're fine. We're, we can still yes. work our way into the postseason. Um, but this swing of offense to defense, that always happens. The offense wins the first half of the uh, of every NFL season, yep. and then the defense wins the second half. But this is a pretty mighty swing. I mean, like you say, Josh Allen ain't lighting the world up, and the Chiefs have been more still defense dominant. Yep. I got the I get the 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 Chargers result that Patrick Mahomes put on a show late there and and rallied them. Um, but you know, Mac Jones was crummy. On Saturday, as was Carson Wentz, so it's hard. And Tom Brady put up uh, a zero, put up a donut yeah. uh, <laughs> a, a, against the Saints. Is yeah. this the biggest swing from offense to defense you've seen? Uh, no. And a couple of years ago, by the way, I did a, a, a look, a study on this. In the playoffs, most often the best offense wins until the Super Bowl, and then the best defense wins. Huh? It's kind of it's, it's kind of interesting. I did. I, I looked at Football Outsiders DVOA and kind of looked at. Where because everyone said you know defense was championships, but it's actually the offense got you there, and then the defense won the championship. Especially I mean you we saw what? what I I think I did something like that too. As a matter of fact, it's, I think I had all those historic uh, historical it, it, numbers that the defense almost always wins yeah, the Super Bowl. It's right. interesting how that works. Um, well, no, I just think that as typically when the, when the season gets longer, you're playing in bad weather games, right? You're beat up, and so having kind of more of a, of a physical tough defense is kind of last throughout the season. I think it kind of can get better throughout the season. We're an offense and we're seeing this with a lot of offenses, right? They kind of start fast as teams figure them out. What's your second or third option, right? This is, it, it, it's, it's, it's Cliff Kingsbury to, 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 to a team, right? Right. Every exactly, single year, yes. every single year of his coaching career, he has started faster than he has finished. John Gruden starts faster than he finishes. And so it's what changeup do you have? What, what, what alternative, how do you adapt and mold? And so I think defensively, again, when injuries happen on offense, when the weather changes, having that tough, stingy defense can round out your team. We've seen with Kansas city, obviously we saw it yesterday with, 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 with Pittsburgh, we've seen it with Indianapolis and Buffalo and even new England, right? New England has been guided by their defense, their defense up until the Jonathan Taylor run had allowed what 14 points because the, the, the block punt. So, yeah, it does feel that way, Dave. As we get as we get longer, that being balanced and and having a, an ability to get off the field on third down and force turnovers. It's not like a overall defense. It's third down and forcing turnovers. So those two things you can do, you have a chance to win. 
Okay. I've already kept you way too long. I, I wanted to do 10 tight minutes here. And of course we, we sang uh, songs about Hanukkah for the first 11 minutes, but okay. Two more quick questions for you. One, are we sure? Because this is what happens. That's what happened to the Patriots because they, they, they go on a win streak and then everybody decided, Oh, look at that. Belichick's done it again. And they're the best team in the AFC. Then the Colts go in there and do what, uh, what I predicted would happen is that, you know, the, a physical team could match up with them and expose Mac Jones a little bit. And so it went, I mean, we've decided now Well, the chiefs are back. That was a weird stumble, but are we sure they're really good? I mean, are, are are they your prohibitive favorite now to go to the Super Bowl? Because I do think yeah. in when you have one team and one team only getting a bye, as I, as I repeatedly say, especially in the AFC, the chances of, I mean, which team that you've watched, Bengals, Chargers, Chiefs, Patriots, Bills, and yeah. anybody else in the mix, what team can you think, can you imagine winning three games to get to the Super Bowl? Like if you're if you're at home for two for only two games, you're you're such a decided favorite well, in 2021, right? Th- this is why I think the the one seed for Kansas City makes them the AFC favorite if they're able to win out and 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 be the one seed. You know, since Baltimore made the playoffs in uh, Super Bowl in 2012. There's been one team who's gone in w- without a bye. That was Tampa last season, right? They mm-hmm. won three road games. It's hard right. to win three road games in the NFL. It's hard to win three playoff games in the NFL, let alone three straight road games. So even if you look at the teams in the AFC, out of the playoff quarterbacks right now, right? Allen, Mahomes, someone in the AFC North, Wentz, Tannehill, Mahomes is the best one. And you're right. Their offense is not all the way back. They're still too, they're still prone to I mean, they can't run the ball. They can't well, run they, the ball. They can, but they don't. They don't try to. There's a different. Well, this is the game to do it because the way the way this one's going to flow <laughs> with Minka looming back there and the Steelers starting it's to turn they're, teams they're, over. They use so the, the Chiefs use those throws to the sidelines as run plays. Like they're they, they call yeah. more runs than they actually do because they're a lot of them are RPO. So they throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Um, they can run the football if they want to. They just choose not to. They have a real good offensive line. Um, those interior three are fantastic. They just choose not to run the football. So I think they are the favorites for that reason. And in just like 2019, their defense got better and they became favorites. Chris Jones has led the NFL in pressure since week eight. He still leads the NFL in pressures, and he's not he didn't play last week. Like he's a good football player now. Obviously, watch a win player the defensive player of the year, I'd imagine. He didn't win it last year, right? Yeah, let's say, no, he didn't. He's but 17 let's and a half see. sacks. Like, I feel like at some point he deserves to win the award. No, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to put up much of a fight against that. But I think if my let's see what Miles Garrett does and the Micah Parsons phenomenon, yeah, but he's not going to win blow up. defensive player of the year, probably. I don't think it would well, work. That's a part of the year. We'll see about that. But what do you so? Okay, so Sunday, this feels like everybody's gonna assume hey, Chiefs are a juggernaut, they're back, it's inevitable that they're going to the Super Bowl. And all of that, but you know, you, you you see the Colts. I mean, I mean, you see the Saints shut out the Buccaneers. I mean, there are any number of examples we can point to in this weirdo football season where yeah. I mean, I, you, you couldn't be slack jawed like, like what happened? The Steelers beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I, it's it's not an insane thing. Explain to me if on Sunday night we're texting you and yeah. me after the game. What 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 are the reasons why Pittsburgh won that game? Oh, turn forcing turnovers. It's, it's if they force four turnovers to win the game, like the same, that same as they did this past weekend, right? You force turnovers, you win. Like that to me feels like, and the Chiefs have been prone to turn the ball over. That's what it feels like to me, right? Is there another path that feels like the path to win this game? 
Well, I mean, of course, yeah, that's what they have to do. And 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 the defense, ha- the Steelers' defense has been turning teams over um, a little bit more along the way here. Um, but at one one last thing, do you think, in hindsight, I know you're obviously big offensive line guy. Um, if you if the Steelers had it to do over again, if you hook Kevin Colbert up to a lie detector, does he go? You know, Creed Humphrey to. Yes. <laughs> well, because this thing 20, about the redraft, like people are like, oh, I mean, what a terrible pick with Najee Harris was. Well, there are two ways to look at it. I told you at the this, time, no one, Joey Molnari was blasting me on Twitter through like the first three right. weeks of the year. Oh, tell Schwartz to shut up. He, Najee Harris is the dude. I'm like, oh, well, just wait a full season. Now, by the way, have you noticed that we're starting to do this Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase thing again? That's Panay Sewell's sort of great grading higher, higher war. Bengals offensive line's getting worse. We're doing the whole thing again. We're like, oh, maybe we should take an offensive lineman. Yeah, maybe you should have. Maybe you should have. I just like, but it requires two things. It requires there are two ways to sort of regard the the pick. Is 2020 hindsight, like, well, look at who they could have had, only informed by what we know these guys have turned into. Of course, everybody would love to have Trey Smith now, but well, nobody was gonna take the nobody was gonna roll that dice in the moment. So so like you have to look at it realistically on draft day. Who rightly would they have taken? Like, I mean, Creed well, Humphrey wasn't going to be a first-round pick for Land, the Steelers. I mean, Landon Dickerson? And would they be better off had yeah, they done that? Yeah. Um, and, and, you could justify taking Creed in the first round. That would have been fine. Uh, Trey Smith would have been a reach, obviously, because that w- w- with his medicals. Um, so I don't, I don't blame anyone. Going to the sixth round was silly. But, you know, Creed, you know Trey Smith off the tape was a second-round draft pick. Um, mm-hmm. but Landon Dickerson went, what, 29? So he went pretty close, right? Didn't he go first round to Eagles? Or was yeah, but didn't he Eagles? barely even, he's barely even been on the he's field this played year. played like 12 games because of injury. Yeah. Um, he's played a lot. He wasn't supposed to start, but he has played a lot. I, look, I, I just, there's more value in drafting running back than there is signing one in free agency. Like that, just like, I'm, uh, Eddie, are you terrified that y'all going to re-sign uh, Saquon just, just to do it? Oh, I mean, it would be terrible. I'm I'm so anti every move, and I'm just so afraid. I don't want to get into a whole Giants thing because they don't matter. And, and honestly, we shouldn't be talking about a four win team with that has cap issues and can't draft properly. But <laughs> my my quick answer is uh, I would I would hate if they resigned him. Yeah, they they really got a clean house. I just I, the, I was right about Joe Judge and no no Giants fan. You nailed ever, it. You nailed no, it. The, the never come to Twitter and be like, you know what, Jeff Schwartz. You were right. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it today. No, I'll, eat my play, to. I'll eat my play at Crow. No, like, I have no problem. You don't, you don't have to. He's back next year, so I, I might be I, wrong. I hate him. I hate the Mara family. I hate, <laughs> I don't if, hate uh, Kevin Abrams. I hate if they're going to keep Gettleman, they're going to draft wrong. It's just, it stinks. It's so bad. Well, Dave, at least we're not Giants fans, right? <laughs> True enough. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, okay, so shock level if the Steelers pulled off. I'd be sur- uh, I, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they covered. I'd be surprised if they won the game. Okay. Yeah. Do you like do you like the way Roethlisberger's throwing the ball though? At least he's not the problem. We can at least agree on that. That it that that the vast majority of experts were wrong. That he's the liability of that team, right? He's not good, but I mean, is he, better than Peyton Manning in 2015 by a ton, and uh, that was exactly what they wanted to do this season. Yeah, I guess. But there there are some plays where it's like, buddy, what do you? It's third and eighth. The ball's got to go like. I, I get it, but Eight, nine Tom yards, Brady, nine, Tom, not one, nine more yards that direction. 
Tom Brady got shut out, you know, yeah, at home. That's a, I, it's, that's and broke and broke an iPad oh, and everything hilarious. else. Like if that, that's that's the kind of stuff that if Roethlisberger did, I'd be like. Yeah, um, right. I, for one, like people are going to overreact. Like Tampa's still my favorite to win the NFC. Like they just can't beat the sure. Saints in the regular season. That's just like, it's whatever it is. They just can't These do matchups. There are matchups that make the fight. And that's another one I keep pointing to is the Saints. I don't know why have Tom well, Brady's no, no, number. No, 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 These but are but the playoff game that didn't have his number. I don't know. I don't know. Hear me now. Hear me now. Believe me later. That's why the Ravens are going to get dumped by the Bengals in Cincinnati this weekend. And by the why, time the Bengals the have Chief, their number. Yeah. They whipped them in, in uh, Baltimore a month ago. And you watch that game now is going to herald an emerging real tough battle that I, I won't be surprised if we see it again in the playoffs is Bengals and chiefs. Cause the, cause all of a sudden after coming off of that game, people are going to be like, Hey, are the Bengals for real? It, the, 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 I'm trying to think of the cliche, but they will rise above the rest of the mediocrity in the AFC, uh, in the AFC North. Okay. And two weeks from now, people will be like, Hey, the Bengals are kind of a scary team. I'm telling you that that will be the conversation um, sooner rather than later here. I, I, I completely get what you're saying, but if you look around, even the chiefs and the Buccaneers and pack, no one's killing everybody every week. There's no team that just steamrolls their way through the NFL season Correct. of 2021. Um, last thing, just uh, to clarify for any gamblers on college football. My hypothesis has long been, if you ain't playing in the Final Four and you're a Power Five team, that you're kind of like, nah, let's have fun this week in the bowl game. And this gives an edge to all these rando college football teams like we saw on Saturday in SoFi Stadium. Utah State obliterated Oregon State with their backup QB. Is that because like teams are like, what what the hell are we playing for here? Right? I mean, is that or is that is that fair? Well, this the bowl season's so different than, than ever before, right? Kenny Pickett not playing New Year's Six Bowl, like has not been done yet. No quarterback sat out that game. I'm kind of surprised he did it, but good for him. I'm not going to blame any player for, for sitting out bowl games. Of course not, right. But it just seems like they're impossible to wager on. Like, what what are you wagering on? You have no idea. No idea. You have no idea the team's motivation. You often don't know sometimes if players are playing till kickoff. There's COVID issues. Coaches are in and out. Like, I, I, I'm an Oregon, obviously Oregon alum. Our coaches are all coaching the game while either working for Miami or Akron or Nevada. Like they're not even, they're not even like under, they're under contract, I guess, sort of seriously, our running back is a running back and wide receiver coach is the head coach, of Nevada. Our OC is the head coach at Akron. Our, our offensive line coach and like three guys on defense, our strength coach are all going to Miami with Mario. Like what, what, is, what is that even, how do you coach a game like that? Uh, it's just, it's the weirdest bowl season. Um, I, you know, the only games you can really, I think, properly handicap are the, are the playoff games because those they're going to try hard in those games. Like Alabama is going to smoke Cincinnati. So at least it's variable. You'll, you you sign off on that much, yes, at least. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. How do I know if, if uh, oh, well, uh, but, Michigan State is showing up at this game with any excitement yeah. or if they, you know, we're like, yeah, let's well, get one. one like, I think Utah shows up to play Ohio State. This is the first Rose Bowl ever. It's a yeah, big right. deal for them. Like they're getting seven points. I think Ohio State doesn't get, care about this game. They're trying to play in the playoff. I, I think and and Utah, dude. Utah sold thirty one thousand tickets on their website alone. Their students are going there. 
and they're obviously the secondary market of tickets. Like it's going to be a Utah home crowd. Like I, that's a game where I know exactly what the motivation is, but a lot of these ones, like we're going to turn on old dominion and Tulsa here in about an hour. I don't, what, what do you want me to tell you? I don't know who's going to win that game. Who cares? No idea. Oh uh, man, I, I swear I could go on for as we usually do for another hour fifteen with you, but I've already consumed way more time than I than I intended to with you. That's what happens when we start kibbing. We're, we're just, you see, I mean, we're two old hens start with singing, any spaghetti. Start singing Han- Hanukkah songs and uh, and we just keep oh, going yeah. forever. Even better is the Purim song. That's that's the one about Haman. Oh, one. I mean, it's like a jolly tune that uh, that covers up uh, that, that covers up genocide. Yeah. Oh, once there was a wicked, wicked man, and Haman Ooh. was his name. Oh, he would have murdered all the Jews, but they were not to blame, sir. Oh, today will Mary Mary be? Oh, today will Mary Mary be? Then, we're talking about a guy who just tried to exterminate the the entire Jewish population. My kid. Kids, my kids love to boo whenever Haman's name came up. I mean, that's what you, you know, boo all the time. They had like these like little things, and like during Purim, we'd like sing a Purim song, and the kids would like just like these little noisemakers just yelling, "Boo, Pur- boo, Haman!" Yeah, they're all it's, they're all about death. It's just what I mean. This is what it apples is. and honey. That's our treat. Apples and honey. I I have a feeling that somebody just jammed into relatively mod- modern society, like. Our holidays suck compared to the other religions, and we're losing a lot of people to the ones that give gifts. Let's uh, let's jam some gifts into Hanukkah here. Let's, oh, let's uh, redeem our hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it's like yeah, the oil story is is uh, is only taking us so far. We need presents. That's the only way we're going to win the next generation. Let's get some gifts. <laughs> and my, and yeah, my like, kids are still more excited about Santa than they are about about uh, Hanukkah. The Christians came up with a with, with a fat guy uh, in red who totes around a bag and is pulled around by by magic deer. Let's uh, we got to do something here, Jude. Come on, we got to come up with something here. What if what if instead of gifts on one night we do eight nights again? Okay, okay, keep going. Like I love I, I love the the but uh, only one of those nights is a real big gift. The other seven are crayons and socks. Okay, Let's kids like and kids like fire. Okay, keep going. Okay, yeah. What if they light the can? Okay, now we're going. Like that's a brainstorm. That's that. That's how uh, the Jews uh, salvaged. Oh, the holidays. All right, you salvaged our holiday Thank week you. here, Jeff Schwartz, with another gangbusters visit. I want you to think about and you and, and you can do this at your own time. I don't want to put you you on the spot here like we did uh, last year. I want you to think of your own category. The greatest gift I can give another person is a Shecky Award, and I want a Schwartzy Award to be handed out. But I don't want you to do it off the cuff. It could be worse cereal. I don't care what it is. Um, But I want you to think about it, and then I want you to shoot it on your cell phone, and then we'll put it into the show. I laughed very hard at your whole Apple discussion with Sal and and, uh, Jimmy. Like, when he said a banana, I lost it. I was like, <laughs> I knew he was going to say banana. I just had a feeling. I did too. You know that? Was, I knew he was, was going like, to do it too. Like, you hear the lead up. You're like, oh, it's going to choose the most. Like, just, it was banana. And I just love how you, <laughs> just, the, the detail and passion you have for the fruit is quite impressive. That's the great. It's like the Rose Bowl. Like you're a college football I guy. So the Rose, the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl is the granddaddy of them all. And the Shecky Awards, Fruit of the Year is the granddaddy of, uh, of the Shecky Awards. And they're a week away. And uh, of course, you will be noted 
Um, so and my, my award, my award is on my mantle. It just fell off this last second. Oh yeah, go, that's right. There, yeah, Jeff Schwartz was inducted into the Digital Wall of Fame some years ago, and also won the Shecky Award as our favorite football talking guest. And you will be up for that award oh. once again. Oh, nice. In okay. 2021. I'm ha- I'm happy to let you know here and now that uh, that that oh. will be the case. In the meantime, <laughs> we uh, we appreciate you as always, and uh, have a good time with the with the Kinder there. Thank you guys. Gathered around, yeah, Gentile around your Goyim tree. Yes. Teaching I, the kids to they will enjoy it very much. So <laughs> all right, guys, happy holidays. Uh go Chiefs. No, 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 not go no, go Steelers. That's the that's where we that's where it comes apart there. Say go, <laughs> go, 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 here we go, Steelers. Chiefs don't need it. They're still gonna be the number one seed. So they don't need it. Let the Steelers. Why can't you share it a little bit? That'd be nice. Uh I'll take any win possible right now. Keep winning. Uh, all right. There he goes. The great Jeff Schwartz, everybody. Make sure you're checking him out on Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You and all things Fox Sports. He's the kingpin over there now. All right, Spaghetti. Schwartz is great. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on and on like that. I feel bad. I wanted to, I really literally wanted to do 10, 15 minutes with him. What did we do, like 30? Yeah, like 30, 35, but it was good. Uh, Jeff seemed in, in good spirits, and uh, for once, me and him agreed on everything, probably uh, for bad reasons for me. Well, number one, with the Giants, uh, he's totally right. And then number two, like I said, uh, the the Oregon State, betting on them, I, I took Jeff's advice because he was pretty high on them. So, um, But it's always good to, to see Jeff. He's the best. All right, Spaghetti, you're the best. Have a good time with the pasta family out there in Staten Island. Eat lots of your favorite pizzas and uh, and whatever the hell else you do in Staten Island. Tell those blue shirts. If you, if you get their ear while you're over there in New York, let them know. Pittsburgh Penguins are coming to get them. It's not that, it's not that anyone's playing poorly in the uh, Wales Conference. It's that the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing flawless hockey right now. Seven in a row, Eddie Spaghetti. Beware. Look, the bread man, the bread man, and Igor coming back healthy. I know the game's been postponed because they're playing the Canadiens, so that game's going to move because the the cross border travel. But look, it's the Rangers' time, man. It's they're going to dominate. I'm, I'm couldn't be more excited. I don't know. I don't know if they're ready for the for the grind. You heard what Schwartz said about: Are you ready to be a winner yet? Hockey, that's more true than it is in pro football. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the blue shirts need a little more seasoning. And um, I I uh, I will say in the meantime. We have to get into it. We got the Shecky Awards coming up next week, and we have another episode this week still with our pal Kevin Hench coming at you to make all the picks for you around the Christmas holiday. But we, at some point, have to do a deep dive on the New Jersey uh, Devils roster. It may be the greatest collection of names going in sports right now. Boy, top to bottom. It's really uh, a, 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 a array of stars in the sky in terms of uh, name quality on that team so we'll dig in on that later um eat lots of good cookies and food and all that kind of stuff everybody enjoy the football enjoy the family and friends we'll be back in what 72 ish hours with kevin hench to get you ready for the coming week of uh, college and pro football and beyond hockey nba all the rest of it until then thanks so much and happy holiday sports fans it's been a thin slice of heaven